just a life without children. Well, we can't wait to have kids. <laughs> can't wait! <laughs> Seriously, with the new breast pumps and diaper genies and corporate flex time, child rearing ought to be a snap. <laughs> you keep thinking that! <laughs> Four finger discount, dude! Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review episode FAB F14. It is from season 15, getting towards the end. And it seems like they might have been getting a bit tired in the writer's room. It's catch them if you can. I'm Dando. I am Guy. And Dando, we need to talk. <laughs> now, I'm going to start by saying, you've, we've already discussed this off air yesterday because we interviewed Dr. Colossus. Is Jono actually Dr. Colossus or is he a member of Dr. Colossus? He's a member of Dr. Colossus, yes. We okay. spoke to Jono from Dr. Colossus. <laughs> you told me off air, this episode was a stinker, you hated it, you didn't like it. I can And I can completely understand why I, I can, I'm not going to disagree with you. But there were plenty of moments in here that made me laugh and are related to being a parent who at times would love to get away from a child where it was not a stinker for me. It had stinker moments, the writing at times and me going, oh, this is absurd. But there was enough entertaining moments in it for me to go, I enjoyed it. Dando, I had a feeling that you would probably relate to it to some degree and therefore your appreciation or enjoyment of it might be on a different level to Skew, mine. Yeah. Yeah. What I wanted to talk about, however, was mm-hmm. what do we want from a TV show? And particularly a comedy, a situation comedy like The Simpsons. Do we want to tune in for a few laughs? Do we tune in for the comfort of it, hanging out with our animated uh, buddies? You know, or, or any show like that. I mean, do you, do you tune in for more of the same or do you tune in for, like, to be constantly stimulated and challenged? I think, honestly, by this point, 15 years in, The Simpsons had become comfort for me anyway. Mm. So even the bad episodes... I remember because I remember when I first watched this when it first aired, I enjoyed it. Going back, to, you know, what was it, fifteen years later, or whatever, and having to review it, I can see the negatives. But I go back to that word comfort. Just having The Simpsons on was comforting. So I think I was willing to blindly look past the faults when I was younger. But yeah. when I have to critique it, I can't look past the faults of this episode. There are faults in the story of this episode that can't be passed by. But still, there is some comfort in The Simpsons for me, regardless of the quality. That makes any sense. Now that's a very good point. But and you talked about you know, fifteen years in, you've you know had the Simpsons in your life for fifteen years, and you de- you derive some degree of comfort. At the same time, you've got people making the Simpsons, and I'm not saying that everyone involved with this episode had been on board for fifteen years or so, but it is human nature and the nature of creativity that you've got to evolve, you've got to move forward a little bit. You can't stay the same as you always were. And I can, I can understand the, the show wanting to try a few new tones, a few gear shifts, all that kind of business. And again, as we've said in the past about uh, episodes in the early 2000s Simpsons, it does seem very much trying to be keeping up with shows like Family Guy with South Park, you know, trying to figure out which way the wind blows and adjust its sails accordingly. What this episode reminded me of more than anything else was an episode of Married with Children. It felt very much like Homer and Marge were Al and Peg Bundy. If 
Al actually wanted to have sex with Peg Bundy. <laughs> I mean, which, what, what? which for some reason he didn't. I he know, wasn't like, all what? that keen to do. Yeah. What? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> and I guess that's something that rubbed me the wrong way about Catch Him If You Can. I mean, as you said, I mean, looking at it, there are certainly bits and pieces in here that I found amusing. I broke out the green highlighter with favourite bits, and it's there's a fair bit of green on this page. But at the same time, I was also thinking, okay, what is the core idea of this episode? Homer and Marge are frustrated being parents. They want to be Homer and Marge again. They want to be a couple. They want to, you know, they want a couple. Um, they uh, want to have a bit of fun, a bit of adult time, maybe step back in time a little bit to when they were footloose and fancy free. But in saying that, they, 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 they want that. But they also, Marge, at the start, she still wants family time. She wants the family to be together. It's the kids who are written as horrible little monsters in this for no reason other than to just further the story that Ian Maxstone Graham had for this for this episode. Yeah. Why, why is Lisa such a little shit in this? Now, that that's something I was thinking about when sort of thinking about this episode. It's like Bart and Lisa have got faults, right? I mean, Bart is a little bit of a hellion. Lisa is a bit of a know-it-all. And I think you could sort of use those traits and just amplify them a bit. The way that, you know, someone you love will have something about them regardless. And some days are just, you know, most days you let it slide. Or it's like, oh, I don't even mind. And some days it's like, you know the way you do that thing? It makes me want to fucking choke you out. <laughs> like you would forget to turn your microphone on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yes, there, there were some <laughs> technical difficulties just before we started recording, folks. Uh, I, I'm the bane of Dando's existence when it comes to that. So the, I'm the bane of Dando's existence. Um, but get, yeah, my, getting back to Lisa, though, I just don't yeah, understand. Yeah. I'm watching, I wrote numerous times through, through my notes, why are the kids doing this? There's no motive. It's, they go, they lied to us. They think they can have fun without us. Well, yeah. we'll show them. I was like, how about let them? Yeah. I think of something I wrote down here is, why is this episode so angry? My note says, why are the kids being so mean to, to Marge and Homer? When we've had episodes not even that long ago where Lisa has said to Marge, don't worry, Mum, you're not the problem. It's Dad, he's the problem. And mm. the way others treat you. Yet she treats her like a piece of shit in this. I just don't... It just... Yeah. It was, I, I've said in the past, I don't mind watching each episode in a vacuum. But when a character like Lisa is behaving in such a mean spirit, regardless of who it is... Such a mean-spirited way. It just, it just takes me out of the moment. It's, yeah. it's bizarre. Going back to what I said, I mean, I don't see any reason why you can't have it that everyone dislikes one another. You know, you're just in a mood. You, for some reason, you're pushing each other's buttons or you're poking each other's bears, all that kind of business. But, yeah, this felt like a bunch of different characters who didn't know each other and didn't like each other, had no prior relationship. Oh, they, yeah, they did have a prior relationship, of course. But, I mean, they felt like completely different people. I think it's the first time we've seen Marge genuinely not like her children. And it just felt, it just felt so out of character. It just felt, it felt odd. And they, yeah. in, order, in order to make that work, they had to have the kids behave in such mm. an out-of-character, mean-spirited way. And it just it was, it was not... That was what I disliked about this episode, that's for sure. No, that makes sense to me. Hey, my favourite! What were your favourite moments from Catch Me If You Can? Okay, first of all, points to Marge for using the term triple X throwdown. Oh, how good was that? Yeah, straight out of uh, Baby Go- uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back. <laughs> but it's like, another when you see headlines like that, it's like, Homer, why do you treat Marge like shit? She's like the perfect wife. Yeah, 
she's DTF. <laughs> no, she's just she's that's, lovely. That, that, she's that's she, down to have fun. She, exactly. She's she's always pleasant. She's always nice. She's a great cook. She's a great partner. She's intelligent. She puts everyone else ahead of herself. Be a Homer, and the kids treat her like a piece of crap. I don't understand. So. Just throwing in the term triple X throwdown, uh, which it's uh, from one of my favourite songs. I enjoyed that very, very much. Um, a couple of good gags and one-liners. It's a bit of a black gag, but uh, the the line about feeling like Princess Grace and Die smashed together. I mean, yeah, both those ladies died in car crashes. So yeah, um, I, I heard that and went, oh my. <laughs> It's a bit grim, but uh, I didn't know either of these ladies personally, so I laughed at it like crazy. Um, Actually, speaking of Princess Di, I saw a thing, it was like a meme or something on, on Facebook today, of when, it was in, obviously in the 90s, where she broke protocol, royal protocol, and raced in like a mother and son sack race or something, oh, yeah. and like won the race, and I was like, man, Princess Di, she was the best. <laughs> a nice lady. Yeah, exactly. Nah, nice fuck, lady. Ro- fuck royal protocol, I'm going to look after my kids. <laughs> what a woman! Um, I did enjoy the uh, hotel slogan: "Sun and water, sun and water, without your son and daughter." Um, <laughs> and look, I'm a film nerd. You know it. I know it. Everybody else knows it. The whole homage to uh, the "Catch Me If You Can" opening credits very that was so well animated, wasn't it? Right up there with the, yeah, that the, right up there with the greatest of all time goat opening credits. Um, I thought I thought it was really appreciated. Having said that, guys, you stretch it out a little long. Yeah, I guess so. But I guess they just felt like, hey, this is something different. Can we just work on this for a little bit longer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, it, it, it was it was nice to watch. I really enjoyed. I think you could probably guess which moment was my absolute favorite. The young couple going, oh, we can't wait to have children. And Marjorie Homer just <laughs> laughing at them. I showed Nicola, she just pissed herself. It was like, this is just so true. Oh, you know, and with all the new things, all the new gadgets, it's, it's sure to be a breeze. And that is crack up laughing. I'm like, this is just legit. Whenever now I talk to someone, it's just like, oh, it wouldn't be hard to have kids, you know. Oh, or, for example, a guy from work's like, oh, people that, people that have kids that say they haven't got time to go to the gym, it's just an excuse. I'm like, oh, is it really Mr. 45-year-old living by yourself? No worries, buddy. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> I also really enjoyed the widows checking out Grandpa. Oh, yeah. The well-aged beef or something they referred to That's him as. Right. I, I'd, I wouldn't kick him out of bed for dying. <laughs> and I liked the line, before the intercourse, we have the dinner course. <laughs> and there was one last line. What was it? Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know why this tickled me so much, but we'll just go home, wait till the kids are asleep and have sex in the car. But I was saving that for my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a conversation we shouldn't get into, but it's just there's things that are just like, that sounds, that sounds exciting. I'll save that for a special day. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. All right, it's now time for some trivia. But of course, before we do that, let's give some shout-outs to our $20 patrons. Christopher Darby, Andrew Zerd, Jordan Mulman, Richie, Steamed Ham Champion, Dylan Haggett, Sally Kimberly, Hank Scorpio, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt from the You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, Community Podcast, Timothy Belson, Joel Yoland, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Jenna Rice, Reese Roberts, Adam is it Sandman, the Sandman? Sandman? The Sandman. 
George McMenemy, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Groundskeeper Noah, and Declan Phoenix. Thank you guys so much for your ongoing support. Don't forget, if you want to join the Four Finger Discount Patreon page, it's patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. You know all the stuff you get. You get a bunch of exclusives, but enough shilling, Mr. Davis. Let's get into, let's get into some trivia. All right, mm. my first question. Or do you want to go first? Shall I no, go first? You, you, go? you go first. I'll go first. My first question is, what does Kearney suggest they fill water balloons with? Hot sauce. Mm, and he gets an A for that because it could blind people, I think. I believe so, yeah, yes. Yeah. Speaking of uh, water balloons, mm-hmm. this was lecture number what in a series? Oh, I did not pay attention to that at all. I'm going to say seven. You're so very close. It was actually lecture number eight. Damn, damn. My next question is, what does Mo actually rent? Or well, the one that he references? Um, Brad's Head Revisited. Oh, yes. Yes, we get revisited tonight. tonight. Yes, I did like the uh, the uh, trip to the adult section of the. Um, <laughs> of I just the like the trip to the video store. Whenever whenever a show goes to a video store, I'm like, oh, the nostalgia right in the heart. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it is lackluster video or whatever they called it. Yeah. How many exits to Dayton, or does Dayton have, according to the front page of the book on Dayton? Oh shit! I don't know. Six. <laughs> no, it has two exits of fun. Two exits of fun. All right. And my final question is, what is the name of the hotel that Marge and Homer stay at in Miami? It is indeed one of my questions. It is the Swell Dorado Hotel. Mm-hmm. I like that title. Very cool. All right. Let's cross that one out. And instead, I'll ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Uh, flight 182 to Miami. They are now boarding rows what to what? Ah, uh, it's in my notes. I'm not going to check. It's Pina Colada to Daiquiri. Is that right? That is 100% correct. Yes. Alrighty. Nice. Any more questions for me? I do like it when you throw them at me. How many diamonds did the Dayton Arms Hotel get from Five Diamonds magazine? That was your average movie review rating. Three out of five. <laughs> <laughs> the average rating is actually three and a half, but you are so, correct. So if a movie's three and a half, that's, it's fine. If it's, if it's below three and a half, is that when you start going, I didn't like it? Like, what, What's a three? What, what does a three mean to you? Just say you watch Lightyear. And you got it, and you're going to give it a three. What would that mean? You won't be disappointed, but you will say that could have been better. Okay, yeah, all right. So three is that could have been better. Yes, three and a half is like that was pretty good. Yeah, that was all right. Okay. Have you ever given a five? I did. I gave a few fives back in the day. What was the last? What was the last movie you gave a five to? I'm trying to recall. Actually, it might have been. And I've reevaluated this over time, but when I saw it, I just thought it was perfectly done. Um, it was actually Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Really, you gave that a five? Okay. I did. I just thought this does what exactly it was, what, it, what was, it sets yeah. out to do. You know, and yeah. it's inventive in all the right ways. It's cast really well. Killer soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good energy. Yeah, I just thought it worked. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what I gave zeros. You've given a zero before. It might have been to. You've given naught stars out of five. Probably, I think it was. Man. I think it was. That's some this, serious sass. I know, and this is the wrong hill to die on, because no one remembers this movie anyway. It wasn't Agent Cody Banks starring Frankie Muniz. Was it number it, two? It was Agent Cody Banks Two: Destination London. Was it? <laughs> Did I have Paul Giamatti in, or was that the first one? I think Paul Giamatti was in Big Fat Lie with Frankie Muniz. Oh, yeah, and he goes all blue. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I've forgotten who was in the. Agent Cody Banks movies, apart from uh, Malcolm. But uh, I just remember the second one, and I I don't know, maybe I was having a bad day or a bad week or a bad year or something, but uh, it's just like, 
this absolutely sucks. And I know I'm not the target market for Agent and Cody Banks 2, Destination London, but this is poor work from all concerned. You know, I've got things to say about it, including no stars. <laughs> <laughs> I've got things to say, but nothing to give. Zero stars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That has been trivia for Catch Em If You Can. We'll be right back after this short break, guys, with our full in-depth review. Yeah. Good news, everyone. Everyone's favourite podcast from the year 3000 has returned. Yes, it is Tales of Futurama. Each week, we'll be going back and revisiting every episode of the series, discussing the themes, gags and all the easter eggs you may not have seen the first time around it's tales of futurama available now exclusively at patreon.com slash four discount the original air date of catch movie can was april 25th 2004 no chalk gag but the catch gag was the couch is a white cake and the Simpsons are all squeezed out like icing on top of the cake i appreciated the little swirl for marge's hair Yes. Whenever I see icing like that, I'm like, oh, it looks so good. I don't want to eat it. I don't, I don't want to ruin this. It's like seeing a good mm-hmm. sandcastle. It's like, I don't want to ruin this. But I should also point out that this was written by Ian Maxstone Graham and directed by Matthew Nastar. Now, Ian Maxstone Graham, we have a love-hate relationship, he and I, because he's written <laughs> some great episodes in the past, like Burns Baby Burns with uh, Rodney Dangerfield, The City of New York versus Homer Simpson, The Trouble with Trillions, another great another episode that I really enjoy, plus Trash of the Titans with, uh, with uh, Steve Martin. Oh, right. yeah. the, the oh. Garbage Man episode. He's got some winners. But he's also written things like Tennis the Menace. And uh, the one that you didn't mind, and we, I guess we both didn't mind, E.I. Annoyed Grunt, the Tamako episode. Oh, yeah. And he wrote the one where Maud Flanders gets killed. And he wrote Dude, Where's My Ranch? And he wrote this episode. So I feel like he had... <laughs> he, had he was on a roll. And then he sort of went... It's, it's almost mm. like when there was a change in management at the show. It's clear to me that a man who has written such classic episodes, he was obviously told we're going in a new direction here. Mm. Because you don't just change your writing style for nothing like that. You don't go from Trash of the Titans to Tennis the Menace. You know what I mean? I get where you're coming from. I mean, uh, at times like this, I'm reminded of the Davis family motto, they can't all be winners. Yeah, but, but (laughs) but, but when it's so many great episodes in a row and then just progressively getting average and average and average in the space of two years. There's only two years difference between those episodes. That doesn't happen unless you're told we're going in a new direction. Does the Simpsons writer's room work in the same way as a lot of other writer's rooms where everyone throws in ideas and bits and pieces, but someone's taking the lead and they invariably have their name on the script? The way it used to go in the earlier years was they'd go on a on a trip and all the writers would go on this trip and they would- Like an acid trip? Yes, exactly. And they, they would go out, just like some sort of like a, um, a lodge or whatever. They'd rent it out and they'd spend the weekend there or a week or whatever. They'd pitch a bunch of ideas and they would all pick the best 22 and then they would assign certain writers to certain episodes and say, right, you go away, write that, bring us back the spec script and then we will all flesh it out together. Yeah. I feel like by this point, I'm not sure whether that was still the case. I feel like it's a case of you go write this episode not whatever you come up with is what we're going to use, but I don't think there was as much collaborating okay. by this point as what there was. It, well, it seems that way anyway, because you, you can't... A show can't change this much in two years unless there's a, a, a directive here. Mm. Yeah, don't you think? It, that makes sense to me. Yes, it does. Yeah, because I think this was about the same time that Al Jean took over from Mike Scully. Okay. Everyone says Mike Scully was the beginning of... Not the beginning of the end, but the beginning of the end Some of decline. the old Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. 
I put it down to the fact that, and he said this in an interview with us, that he brought in the five o'clock knockoff time. Oh, okay. Because he wanted the people to look after his families. And I credit him for that. Hmm. But I think what it meant was the writing suffered because in the earlier years, that job was their lives. Yeah. And they were there for 12, 15 hours a day coming up with one gag just to get that best, get, get the best gag. When Mike took over, it was, a, it was a case of, this is a day job, treat it like a day job. Day job. And I think it just sort of... It, it, well, that's it, the thing. I think you'll see and hear in this episode, there are bits where it's like, you honestly thought that sort of cut it as a, yeah. um, as a gag? Yeah. I mean, I've, as I said, they can't all be winners. I've told many a dumbass flopperoo joke in my time. But then again, I don't have it in my name on the episode of The Simpsons. So, no. <laughs> there we go. But the episode kicks off with Bart giving a lecture on the school bus on water balloons. And what should we fill them with? He asked everyone else, "What? give me some ideas for other liquids. <laughs> I must admit, I did get on... It got off to an okay start with Your Millhouse saying, Water? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Can, that's... That's classic Millhouse. <laughs> and, and, but it's also just a gag that always works. I mean, steak? <laughs> <laughs> to do stuff and say steak. Yes, okay, Ste- steak. Yeah, steak. Yes, I don't know. I think that that hits my particular funny bone. Kearney suggests hot sauce. Bart says that can make people go blind. You get an A. Then he says it's time we put these balloons into practice. And he, he you know, you can't shoot Otto because he'll drive him off the cliff. Even things like Otto saying, "Yeah, yeah. that like that." Every yeah. everyone is at their wits' end, or at, at the. the that the nerves are afraid yeah. this episode. Everyone's yeah. angry. Yep, yep. Uh, he chooses Lisa. I did like the animation of the balloon hitting Lisa, the way it sort of bent around her head before it exploded, because mm-hmm. that's exactly what it would do. That's true. I like yeah. that she was reading a book called How to Talk to a Drunk Father, which, again, feels a bit snarky. Ho- horrible. But yeah. Not snarky on Lisa's behalf. It's, it's, it's sad that she's eight-year-old and she has to read this book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, no, but, it's just emblematic of the whole mood that's through this episode. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Everyone's... So, Pointing out everyone's flaws. Well, Bart and Lisa for the entire episode are just at each other, just like, like yeah. just constantly fighting until like the last minute and a half where they go, oh shit, we need to get back to the status quo. Hmm. Make them feel guilty. And then Marge, it's just like, I don't know, whatever. But we'll get to that. So they have a fight. Uh, Ralph, even Ralph, pokes himself in the eye, about to cut his finger off. I'm like, yeah. what's going on here? <laughs> like, Ralph shouldn't be that dumb. He's... he's He's not the smartest kid. He's not the brightest spark in the in the classroom, but he's smart enough to know they're not going to cut your, cut own your finger, finger off. off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, somewhere along the line, they did that switch where he went from yeah, lovably dim. Do you like stuff? Yeah, which is adorable. Yep. And then um, it sort of became. I bet my Wookie, and yeah. then it just became. Hi, Super Nintendo Charmer. Yeah, or, you know, the uh, leprechaun on his shoulder telling him to yeah. burn shit. And, yeah. like, that became his defining characteristic. I don't like it. I, I don't like it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm not happy about that. Yeah. Uh, so they, they have a fight. They fight off the bus. They fight through the front door. Maggie gets knocked into the kitty litter. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I just I just had to clean the ba- Count Basie, the cat's cat litter. It's, it's such a revolting task. I, I love my cat very, very much, but it's like, must you piss and shit? I, <laughs> I say that every time when I go out the backyard and I'm like, Jet, how have you shit this much in three days, mate? Like, how? How is this possible? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, cats. I don't miss having cats at all. Grew up with like five cats in the house all at once. I just don't miss yeah. them. And honestly, I, I fear I've... I hope I have not reached the stage where... 
my um, sense of smell has, you know, where my nose is so fucked up, it's like, oh, that just, my house just smells normal. And then someone else would come in and go, cat piss. This, this house smells like piss. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. It's like in Big Daddy, like the Sandler movie, where it's like, he's the smelly kid. <laughs> You know, he hasn't been taking care of the kid that he's supposed to look after. I think Big Daddy is an underrated film. I like Big, Big Daddy. Big Daddy's not bad. Yeah. yeah, but I just love it. He's the smelly kid. It's like the um, Big Daddy's like the film everyone forgets about. Everyone always talks about Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Waterboy, and then Wedding Singer as well. Mm. Not many people bring up Big Daddy. Big Daddy, I'll throw in there as just as, not as not as good as a Wedding Singer, but I enjoy it on that kind of level. I should. Re- I'm thinking I might revisit Mr. Deeds. I went to the movies for that for my birthday one year, whenever they came. I think it was 2002, so it would have been, what, year eight. Mm-hmm. I remember enjoying it, but the guy that plays his, his waiter, not freaked John, me out, but I was like- John Turturro. Something's not right about that, man. <laughs> well, he's <laughs> one he, of the best actors on the planet. But he plays a weirdo in the movie. Yes. He does, yes. Yeah. Very, very sneaky. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, um, I honestly can't really remember the story. I'm going to revisit Mr. Deeds as well. I can't remember mm. the story about it. We need to do some more revisiting of um, Adam Sandler films. We, we did the uh, the Happy Gilmore one recently for patrons. We did indeed. Patrons, if there's any Adam Sandler movie that you'd like us to review, let us know. Sandler's going to be one of those guys who, when he passes away, everyone's going to go, why were we so mean to him? His movies <laughs> might have been shit at times, but you know... He was just looking out for his buddies, giving him a paycheck. He seems I, like a like he seems like the most lovable dude you could ever meet. I honestly think he has reached the stage now where it's like, yeah, we're all, we're in on Sandler now. We like yeah. Sandler. Even if his <laughs> movies are shit, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, it's not that he, great. He's but worked he's worked out the ratio enough that he's like, yeah, okay, I'll do that Hubie Halloween movie, but then I'm also going to do like the basketball one that's on Netflix now. I haven't watched it yet because the lovely the way every time the promo came up on Netflix. I was like, that does look out bad. It's like, you can watch that at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, all right, probably will. But it's, it's meant to be great. Yeah, I've heard it's not bad at all and that he's really good in it. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, uh, whenever he brings out a shit movie, just go back and watch Uncut Gems. You'll be fine. That, that is correct. <laughs> but, Sorry, um, where, enough, where were we? Enough about uh, Mr. Deeds and the Sandman. Yes. Uh, so, Bart and Lisa are just being horrible. You know, you, it's your fault for giving birth to my arch enemy. At least I was planned. No one was planned. I'm like, oh, <laughs> God, everyone's angry at each other here. But yeah. I like that touch of continuity because when Lisa says, at least I was planned, I was like, wait a minute, you're not planned. Oh, thank you, Marge. <laughs> That's all right. Yes, no one was planned. They need, uh, Marge says they need to pack for Grand Uncle Tyrone's birthday, which is in Dayton, Ohio. Have we ever heard of Grand Uncle Tyrone before? I don't think we've heard of Great Uncle Tyrone, but the people who were surrounding him at that memory flashback were the mm. ones from Lisa the Simpson where they go, I step in front of cars and sue the drivers. All okay. those guys. Why are we even going? Last year, Uncle Tyrone was bitter and depressed. Happy birthday to you. Why won't I die? We're staying at the Dayton Arms Hotel. It got three diamonds from Five Diamond Magazine. Please don't make us go. If you make me get on that plane, I'll give myself diarrhea. I know how. Okay, don't go. Just stay here and rot with Grandpa. I'm only riding on the right side. All right side, you. (laughs) All right, kids, you don't have to go. But I insist we do something tonight as a family. We'll play board games, put photos in an album, measure how much you've grown, and... What is your deal, anyway? Well, I... I... Let's just rent a movie. That felt really sad to me. It and did. I, I'm like, and, and I'm, to- I, I'm someone whose default is, let's rent a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But 
again, like as you were saying at the start, Marge hates the kids, but it, Marge doesn't hate her kids. And that's evident in this scene here. They're trying to say Marge wants to have a family night and the kids are like, oh, we don't want to do what mum wants to do. I'm like, why are you being so mean to Marge? Leave Marge alone. But in saying that, at least we got the next scene, which was going to a video store. And I always enjoy enjoy when shows or movies go to video stores. I will say though, though, I think we might have mentioned this last week or whenever we watched something recently. When a video, well, sorry, when a um, when a movie or a TV show wants to go, remember the '90s? They always go to a video shop. Mm-hmm. It's always up the go to. But I'm not going to complain because those were the, the days. days. Right off the top of your head, one of your favorite memories of going to a video store. Go. What, what, oh. What's what's a, a memory you have of being at a video store? <laughs> I don't know if I've I've talked about this one in the past. It's it's one of my fondest memories, and a video store is part of it. Uh, I was mm-hmm. about 18 or 19. I had my first car. The folks were out of town, so I had the place to myself. And I was like, I could throw a wild party, but what I'm going to do is instead... Movie marathon. No, I'm, well, I'm going to have a nice movie night at home, so I'm going to get in the car. I'm going to go to the bottle shop, drive through. Yes, sir, I do have a license. I'm driving this car. Give me a six-pack <laughs> six of your finest beer. Um, so I got a beer. I got a... A burger from my favourite burger joint, burger, burger and fries. Burger pizza or something, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and went by the video store and the movies I got were two, this was like the late 80s, two movies that not many people would know about, but uh, one's called The Hidden, which is like a science fiction horror movie. It's really, really rad. If you can track it down, I highly recommend it. I'm starring it up right Cro- now. Starring Kyle MacLachlan from Twin Peaks. Yeah, it's going to say, yeah, I was about to say, it's 1987. It All is right. dope. It is a great, great movie. Uh, can, I read, the, can I just read out the synopsis, the, like a brief synopsis? So it's for please our listeners. Do. All right. Oh, there is, oh, I'm going to have to go to Google. Hang on. An alien parasite possesses humans and goes on killing people violently. In the meantime, Lloyd Gallagher, an FBI agent, sets out to put an end to this disaster. That's only the tip of the iceberg, folks. A lot to enjoy in the in the hidden. I uh, love eighties horror. Yeah, yeah. and, the, the, and yep. the other one is called Jack's Back, starring my man James Spader as um, identical twins uh, solving the uh, case of a serial killer who's uh, terrorizing LA by recreating the Jack the Ripper murders a hundred years to the day that they uh, originally happened. So this is what I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm uh, digging as a teenager with a six pack of beer um, and and a burger from my favorite burger joint. So that that's one of my favorite video store memories because I just felt like I've got the car, I can go and do exactly what I want. Did you listen to? I've been driving on out my hands went <laughs> on, on the wheel. wheel. <laughs> do, 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 do. I just felt like the world was my oyster and my whole life was ahead of me. So I went home and <laughs> drank a beer and watched some movies. <laughs> I remember uh, <laughs> it was Video Easy in Cryo. And I don't know why they did this. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe, they, maybe there's a reason. But the, the weekly uh, rentals of the wrestling section, so not the new release. New release is always the back walls, always furthest from the counter, the new release for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> but they had the wrestling ones. But the next aisle over was the adult section. Oh! <gasps> So I think that's one of the reasons why I became a wrestling fan. So I could pick at the the, the nudie ladies. <laughs> but there was never there was never nudie ladies on the front though, was there? No, no. No. Sometimes you'd be like I would take a take a punt and just quickly turn one around and put it back again. But um but yeah, the old nudie lady section just over the, the other side of the wrestling section. The Good old times. electric blue section. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, they're at the video store. 
and uh, Bart goes to the adult section, but it's not porn. It's just... No, it's French guys like Truffaut, and it's the unfunny Woody Allen movies. Mm. Apparently, they're all unfunny now. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, and and Moe is uh, getting Brideshead revisited, the classic um, BBC uh, series about the, the, the rich people of England. Um, very big deal in the early 80s, Brideshead revisited. Everybody loved it. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. The computer says the movie Chocolate Star Wars doesn't exist. I say you don't exist. No, I'm right here under staff. The lovely Louise's youngest son. That's kind of his comeback. You know, be like, mate, you got to go to bed. You're tired. You're tired. I'll bedtime you. <laughs> so, yes, I'm, <laughs> so I'm, I've reached the stage where I can start choking him out. No, no, that's not true. Um, But, yeah, for Homer to say, you don't exist, I'm like, I know this is Homer saying this, but I can't. I can't hear Homer saying it. I can see a writer in the writers' room saying, "How about Homer's going to say you don't exist because it's it's four fifty p.m. and it's almost time to check out." <laughs> Sorry, that's mean. Marge wants a um, a weeper movie, and Carl suggests Love Story, Ooh. and uh, Bart is annoyed by this. He's like, "Chick flick? No way!" And Homer says. Watching sappy movies with ladies has its payoffs. He doesn't. Do he doesn't even say no way. He says, "Say it ain't so, ho." He's calling his mama ho. No, no, no. He's talking to Homer. Say it ain't so, ho. But I thought I thought he was responding to Marge when he no, said. No, he said that. He, 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 talk, he looks at Homer. He goes, "A chick flick." Say it ain't so, ho. And then Homer says, "Don't mm. worry, son. It's okay." So I think he's saying it to Homer. Mm-hmm. And Homer says, "You know, watching sappy movies with ladies has payoffs. They'll do something with you that they hate." And then watching the movie and the kids are just ruining the experience for Marge and Homer, just pointing out all the faults. I do have here, this does remind me of like 12-year-old guy if he was watching a movie he didn't like. No matter what he does, he's still Ryan O'Neill. <laughs> this Ryan O'Neill disrespect will not stand. Oh, no, no, but that kind of comment. <laughs> I get what you mean. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah so Ryan O'Neill on your, on your thumbs up list? Oh, well, not the greatest actor, but um, he's certainly got a few good movies to his credit. Love means never having to say you're sorry. No, it doesn't. This movie is drivel. She's wooden and unpleasant, and no matter what he does, he's still Ryan O'Neill. Opinion noted. Now, if you don't mind, your father and I are trying to lose ourselves in this romantic fantasy. Yeah, we're trying to create a mood here, so shut the hell up. Bart brings up picture in picture as they're watching. It ruins it all. Mm. They start fighting again. So Marge just cracks the shits and goes to start pack. Um, and she's no longer in the mood. And she's usually good for a triple X throwdown, as you said. But uh, <laughs> but she points out that, that they're never alone. We can't do it. And then Bart yells out. No, yeah. Homer says, yeah, oh, no, we're alone now. And then Bart says, you're never alone. Chokes him through the wall. Cool. We're now at the airport and they're en route. Uh, they're going through Alaska because the, the airline they're using is obviously a cheap one. Mm. <laughs> and they notice the honeymooners who have no kids and no worries. And Homer lifts his shirt. Here's your future. Yeah, there's a bit of, bit of truth there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not untrue, but... Yeah, there's just there's just a really angry, mean undertone to this. Uh, not even an undertone. When did <laughs> Ian Maxstone Graham get married? When did he have kids? It seems like he's trying to vent his own personal frustrations through this episode. <laughs> I, I did write later on. Did the kids? Did the writers hate their kids or something? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. It, it does feel that way, doesn't it? When you go mm. back and read through all this, but yeah. So they see the the, the honeymooners. And they remember their honeymoon, which wasn't great, just standing in front of a billboard. Mm. And the honeymooners then start boarding Rose Pinnacolata through Daiquiri, as we said earlier during the trivia. 
Margin gets the idea, you know, if we were young and full of energy, we'd trade these tickets and go to Miami. And Homer says, fuck it, let's do it. Hmm. She says, what about Uncle Tyrone? As the Bible says, screw that. So they ditch Uncle Tyrone, which they, they made the right choice. It's just, again, very mean. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have boarding passes, but we need to get on that plane for reasons that are utterly insane. Go ahead. What do I care? I'm getting laid off tomorrow. <laughs> We're ditching our kids and taking a second honeymoon. Yay! And we're blowing off Uncle Tyrone's birthday. Yay! You guys are such party animals, we're going to skip the safety check and just take off. Yay! We come back and they tell Marge and Homer that they've overbooked the flight and Marge is like, oh, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be. Or what was the line? I guess I'm not going to get my groove back or something. Yeah. And I just felt really sorry. For, I did feel sorry for Marge throughout this entire episode. It was just really, really sad that everyone just seemed... I guess Homer treated her with respect. But the kids I, think, I think Homer treated her with lust. I think he just wanted to get it on. Yeah, I guess so. But still, anyway. So they get moved to first class. Would you like a steak or two steaks? Can I have both? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm like, this. if we could do this, I would do this. Could, what's what's the biggest steak you've ever had? Is it the one at Parker's? I had the one kilo rump. I think it's the biggest I've ever had. Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't think it was at Parker's. It may have actually been overseas. I might have. Okay. I, might, I might have had a big American steak. If you um, if you're gonna get pa- uh, Parker's for dinner, if you're gonna go to Parker's and have a steak, combine the mushroom sauce with the garlic sauce. <gasps> Delicious. Oh. He literally did the chef's kiss there, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't just kiss me. He did the... With the hand the and everything. It is my favourite of all com- combinations. The Parker's garlic and Parker's mushroom sauces combined. That does sound real nice. Dando looked like the cover of a pizza box just yeah, then. And then, and then you... Um, you put it on the steak, you let it you let it sort of go drizzle over the steak mm. for a while, then it mixes with the steak juices as well. Then you dip your chips in that in that combination. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, mm, that's good combination of sauces. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going out, the lovely Louise and I are going out to the Diggers tomorrow, the Gold oh, yeah. Diggers Arms Hotel yep. um, for dinner with some pals. So I've not had a steak in a while and I think I might have one tomorrow. That's, that's, a, that's the pubs of all pubs, that one, Gold Diggers. That is a pub. It's a man's pub. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, we get the line about Princess Di and Princess Grace from Marge. Mm. Homer's reading The Economist. We then get the news report. The, the kids and grandpa are watching the news report. I guess you can call in the little tortoise that couldn't. See our website for the recipe. <laughs> what a poor tortoise. That was, that was okay. We then get the um, the monster tornado just terrorizing Dayton, Ohio, destroys the Dayton Arms Hotel. It's got they a real vendetta against the Dayton Arms. Yeah. They could be in the basement. <laughs> Goes through the ground. Yep. So the kind of thing you can only get away with animation. The kids are all, can't believe it. They're just seeing their, um, their parents get killed. Grandpa Sagan is going to be their legal guardian. But then Marge calls from poolside. Bad timing, Marge. Bad timing. <laughs> so she calls up and she lies about being in Dayton, Ohio. The kids are now annoyed that they're having fun without them. Um, but then I was just like, why? Why can't they just go and yeah. have fun? I understand being annoyed that they lied, but it's like, they think they can have fun without us. We'll show them. I'm yeah, like, that's why? ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you're, you're being supervised by someone who has very few supervisory skills. Run a muck in in Springfield. Do you know? Have fun there. Don't you go. Know what? Don't bother your parents. You know what I think's happened. What I think it? they've seen Catch Me If You Can and gone. We need to work that animation sequence into an episode. Yeah. <laughs> we need to have. We need to, and that's all it is. So, <laughs> so they've, they've reverse engineered from that. Okay. Yeah. So Bart does the old one eight hundred reverse that we used to have here in Australia. I don't know what they called it in America. That were they Star sixty nine. Star sixty nine. Okay. And. 
they find out that they're staying at the Swell Dorado Hotel. Is that what it's called? Swell Dorado, indeed. The, yeah, with a son and water without your son and daughter. Good tagline. Bart and, Bart and Lisa then drag Grandpa to go. He doesn't want to go, but they convince him with the fact that there's going to be sexy old widows there who don't want to die alone. So, Hey, hey Dando, a uh, quick yes? question. Yeah? Uh, where's Maggie? Huh. <laughs> they don't actually acknowledge that, do they? They do not. Wow, we. The last we saw of her was in the kitty litter. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> well, I guess I didn't notice watching the episode, so that says something. But yeah, now that you've said that, I can't un. I can't unsee it. Wow, we. Okay, where was Maggie? That's one question that will never be answered. <laughs> so, Marge and Homer are now loving life, sitting by the pool, and we get the moment that I um. That I really appreciate (laughs) with the young couple. But before that, though, I also really liked Marge's line of, I can't remember the last time I sat by a pool so long without apologizing. (laughs) That's that's my life now. I I can't go anywhere with the kids without just thinking, oh, be quiet. Stop putting the fork there. Don't throw that. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Grandpa and the kids then arrive. They've dragged Eeyore from, I'm assuming, Disneyland in Orlando. Mm. Well, Disney, Disney World. Yeah. Except in the in the um, uh, subtitles, yeah, they called him like Eeyore or something. No, it said Eeyore. Did it? Well, because yeah, was it meant to be Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Well, it was and- brown, wasn't it? Not the grey. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming such, but it was like, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, that's Eeyore the donkey, right? But yeah, then from, was from Winnie the Pooh. Yes, but I'm pretty Everything sure they said Eeyore. Or something. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely Eeyore. Yeah. Okay. Well, fine. <laughs> But um, the kids put on band-aids to make the parents feel extra guilty, and Grandpa says it's time to find a woman who needs some TLC, a tired liver-spotted coot. Mm. We get the Miami Vice theme. I'm always up for the Miami Vice theme. Who is not? It's one of the mm. best TV themes of all time. This is a good little um, montage here. All the old people <laughs> hanging out in Miami, like on their jet skis, being yeah, with the indicator like on. <laughs> Check out the well-aged feet. No scar. He must be on his first heart. I wouldn't kick him out of bed for dying. Hey, handsome, pull up a donut and sit down. Hey, ladies, I used to be in movies. You know those feet sticking out from under the house in The Wizard of Oz? You're looking at them. (laughs) Marge and Homer then see the kids. They realize the trip's going to be ruined, but Homer says, no, we don't. We can go somewhere else. No, it's not. We can go somewhere else because we've got... I've got uh, Flanders' credit card to go anywhere that we please. And then Bart and to say, we're going to follow them across this great land, making sure they don't have one moment of fun. I was like, why hmm. are they doing this? I don't understand. Why? I guess it's because they felt like they were lied to. You know, but... But it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> We're going to travel across the country and make sure they never have a good time. I'm like, well, no. they plan on coming back in or what, another day. So, mm. like, how, how long were you planning on doing this? Weren't they going away for a weekend <laughs> to Grand Uncle Tyrone's? Anyway, so Bart's got Todd's credit card. Not Todd's, Rod's, Rod's. credit card, I should say. Yep. Bart and Lisa then trick the worker into letting him, uh, letting Bart read the parents' itineraries. They make the luggage go elsewhere and home of the low-fat meal. I'm just like, you spiteful little shitheads. Yeah. But Grandpa then gets shut down. But I'm like, they've just ditched Grandpa in Miami, by the way. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, Grandpa's just there by himself now. <laughs> Grandpa gets shut down. Um, he says, I can't wait to bury the last of you Hepburn types. <laughs> then Raul arrives, who was just some random gay guy. They wanted I- to flirt with Grandpa. I guess, yeah. That which that that goes nowhere. Like he he takes him back to his his room, 
But it doesn't go anywhere. That's it. That's all that's last we see of Grandpa. Very much so. I mean, the, my last line in my notes here is um, <laughs> skipping to the end of the episode. Uh, wrap up the Grandpa story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm like, so he's just stuck even in do, Miami yeah, Road. Even do it at the at the Gracie or something. Or yeah. <laughs> this is they forgot to they forgot Maggie existed and they forgot that they had a story going with Grandpa. Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps I can help. I have a penthouse from which you can see all the way to Epcot. If you take a woman there, she will be yours. Hot ziggity! Indeed. I am Raoul. While we walk, may I place my hand on your shoulder as a sign of friendship? Why not? Marge and Homo are kissing on the elevator. They see the kids again, so they enter a casino. Because they're in Atlantic City, by the way. Yes, yep. Yeah. And we get Dredrick Tatum. Are they, no, they're not in Atlantic City. They're in um, New Jersey at this point, aren't they? I thought they were in Atlantic City. Oh, maybe they go to Atlantic City after because they have the... Um, well, they got the... Because Homer says, oh, you, you think you've never seen a fat guy making out in New Jersey? That's what he says oh, when they're okay. on the elevator. Oh, oh, hang on, is Atlantic whatever. City in New Jersey? I think it might be. I have no idea. Whatever. Regardless, Dredrick Tatum's there. Mm-hmm. He says he's fighting a white rhino at the Tropicana these hours. And then when the kids arrive, he's time balloons on the boardwalk every other hour. Yeah. Then we get the really cool homage to the Catch Me If You Can opening. And you're right. It is one of the better openings of a film ever. It's, it's just really so, good. It's just yeah. Great, great score, but just great animation. It's just great, great. score by our man John Williams, the maker, yeah. the, the creator of the Harry Potter and Raiders of the Lost Ark and Superman and Star Wars and all those other great Jaws things. And, you know, every good fucking score. <laughs> that, that is very, very true. Um, by the way, did a little bit of googling. Atlantic City is indeed a city in New Jersey. Oh, there we go. Yeah, it all works out in the end. We're both right. <laughs> but in another way, I was right. <laughs> it cuts to. <laughs> Homer <laughs> asleep on the toilet on the plane. Occupied. Mm. Have you ever, do you hate using plane toilets? I hate it. There are things I'd rather do. Certainly. Um, yeah. yeah, it can. It, it's not great. No, not fun at all. Raul then admits to Grandpa that he is gay. Well, after are you going to go to lavender rum? <sighs> yeah. <sighs> And I'm sorry, I don't want to sound like you can't tell jokes about that. I don't want to be that kind no, but, of person. No, if you were, but you know, if you were reviewing this in 2004, that wouldn't be your opinion. I don't reckon. I reckon you would have thought that was a funny gag. That was humour in 2004. That was humour. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I've learnt to just all those jokes. I'm just like, yeah, just let them slide. Let them slide. Yeah. But he says he's going to treasure every word that drops from Grandpa's beautiful lips and turns off his hearing aid. And I go, and that's it for Grandpa? That's <laughs> it for Grandpa. Yeah, that's it for Grandpa. Homer does a strip tease for Marge, or he's about to, and gives the waiter a tip. How did Bart and Lisa get under a food dish? That thing must have been ginormous. There's two children. <laughs> How big was their meal? <laughs> uh, the kids are just overbearingly rubbing it in that, you know, Marge is like, I just want to have a, a day away where I can enjoy myself. And those days are over. You can't do that anymore. Like, fucking last episode, Lisa, you're being nice to Marge. Now you're doing, I just don't get it. Yeah. Now, admittedly, Dando, you have children. I'm sure mm. one day they're perfect little angels and the next they're hellish little demons. When we interviewed Jono from Dr. Colossus, you heard what my children are like. <laughs> <laughs> there was a war zone out there. <laughs> so It's funny, I'm editing the, um, the interview as we... I haven't quite edited it yet. And whenever, whenever you guys are talking, I'm just muting my my, my end because it's just. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. but um, I think well, I believe it's Homer who says this um, in mm-hmm. this scene. But I think he spoke for a lot of people watching this episode. 
<laughs> Will you two just shut up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The kids then play the floor as lava. And then it's like they go, there's a minute and a half left or whatever. They wake up during the night and they suddenly feel bad because why? You know, well, you didn't feel bad all these other times, but they just they feel bad. So they're going to go to the uh, to the amusement park to yeah. give them some, some even, space. Even Bart throwing the alarm clock at Lisa's head. I know this is a cartoon and all this kind of business, but I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like watching dodgeball. It's like, if you, can, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Like, that's a fucking alarm clock. Don't throw it at someone's head. Homer and Marge have unfortunately snuck out early as well, thinking they're going to get away from the kids. And they are both, all of them are on the Ferris wheel. Marge and Homer crack the shits and they run and hide in a jumping castle that's under repair. Mommy, why don't we just go home, wait till the kids fall asleep and have sex in the car? Because I was saving that for my birthday. Now, come on. (laughs) 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 This must be what it's like to be in space. You've been to space. And yet, I've never been to me. There was a famous song from either the late 70s or early 80s called I've Never Been to Me, which you may Yeah, I know that, yeah. Yes, but... Is that what they're going for here? (laughs) I don't know, I guess. I'm sorry, I, di- I, I didn't mean Isn't to be all paradise? man. I've, I've been to paradise, but never been to me. Is that the line? Yeah, I didn't mean to be all mansplaining on that, Dan. I'm sorry. It's just It was a fairly obscure song when I was growing up. Yeah, I guess that's what they're referring to. But yeah, yeah. It, it has no sort of relevance or meaning. Like when they make references like that, it shouldn't just be, oh, hey, you're referencing that song. It should be, oh, you're referencing that song and it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and it means something. It means yeah. something, yeah. The jumping castle then comes out of the ground, goes into the river. And they're approaching Niagara Falls. The, the, I want to say the Coast Guards, I guess you could say. The Canadian and the... Yeah, dueling Coast Guards from, uh, from the US and Canada. Slinging insults at one another. Yep, yep. They're fighting over who's going to get to save them. And they Marge and Homer realise that because they're fighting, they're not going to get a chance to be rescued. So Homer says, we have to make love in heaven. I bet it'll always work up there. They go over the edge and apparently have really quick, great sex. Yeah. And Bart and Lisa then see this through those binocular device. What are they called? The viewfinder. Yeah, yeah. See this and go. Ah, oh, well, I guess everything worked out well for everyone. And then Flanders and uh, Rod, Rod open up their credit card bills and scream, and that's the end. Yeah, a nice line from uh, Flanders. Um, visa, visa, the visa. But otherwise, yeah. Um, and and then not so much an ending as just a stop. <laughs> yeah, and it, I don't know whether they had more of a story and they ran out of time and they had to just quickly end it mm. or not, but. You didn't finish the grandpa story. Bart and Lisa just all of a sudden... So, like, do... Are they just going to be nice to Marge and Homer now? You never got to... They never wrapped up that story. Like, Bart and Lisa and that never got to catch up and say, we're sorry, Mum and Dad. We won't do this again. We really, really apologise and have that nice moment that the earlier Simpsons would have had. They didn't even finish that. They didn't even finish the main story. It was just... Bart and Lisa see that Homer and Marge have had sex on a jumping castle. Like, ah, well, everything's fine now. They've yeah. had sex. I'm almost inclined, if I had the time, the energy, the imagination, and a whole bunch of other stuff, to maybe get a script of this episode, break it down into its components, find out, you know, exactly, yeah, to get all technical, talk about the through line of it. What, what was the main theme of the episode? What were the main ideas? And try and rewrite it so it was funny and so it actually sort of made sense and had closure. And, you know, callbacks and payoffs and all the good stuff that scripts should have. I think we're onto something here. You getting the worst episodes of The Simpsons and making them what they should have been. Not what they should have been, but making them enjoyable. Well, (laughs) here's the thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> I would I would do that, and then everyone would go, this is worse than the original. <laughs> everyone be polite. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, guys? Uh, yeah, catch me if you can. Enough funny moments, relatable from a parent's perspective, but my goodness was... Everything was just written out of character. It just it, it seemed odd. Yeah, it was, it was a it was a weird one for me because I didn't hate it, but I wouldn't say I didn't enjoy it. But it just left me scratching my head. It was a, it was a strange one. A few good bits in there, but for mine, it just had such a coarse and angry tone. Yep, you're right. That I it just I found it off putting in a lot of ways. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mister Davis? Uh that love story actually saved Paramount for Charlie Bluthorn. Mm, nice one. Apparently so. <laughs> I learned that uh, never tell my kids where we're going on vacation. <laughs> Two things. Never take the kids on vacation. Never tell them where you're going on vacation. Don't have kids. Whoops. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> From this day forward, your name shall be... All right. It's now time for the Guy Davis New Name Championship for Catch em If You Can. The current leaderboard stands at this. We have... Nora Coker in first position on 16 points. Luke McKay in second on 14 points. Oh, In third position with uh, Phil Hawkins, D.L. Gorman. Hit me, Mr. Davis. What have we got? Well, we've got a couple of honourable mentions to begin mm-hmm. with. Um, I was very partial to Only Lovers Left Alone. Talia Enriquez. Oh, nice one, Talia. We haven't heard from you for a little while. Mm. Uh, yeah, a bit of a rip on the movie Only Lovers Left Alive. Um, starring Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston. Um, and one that I liked, it was a bit sort of, <laughs> a little raunchy in keeping with the episode, No Rest to Stick It. <laughs> that was Philip J. Hawkins. On your hawk. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get into some points. Let's all put some points. One point goes to True Dope I like it. I think we've had that before with a previous episode, but hey, it's still worth one point. It goes to Fergus Jeffs. Jeff! Jeffy. Puts, puts the old Ferg on 10 points. Well played, Fergus. Nice one, Fergus. Um, two people get two mm. points apiece because they, they both have plays on the name Dayton. Uh, one is the Dayton game. Now you got an honourable mention. Now he gets two points. It's Philip J. Hawkins. The Hawk is back. So S- Philip Hawkins is now in second position on 15 points. One point behind Nora. Can the... Can the Hawkman do it? <laughs> let's uh, let's see who gets points for Independence Dayton. That would go to Mark Boston Burgess. Boston. Boston's finally on the uh, on the leaderboard. Well done, Mark Boston. You're now going to be in the wildcard draw. Fantastic. But three points mm. go to whoever gave us the Honey Runers. Now this three points could shake things up. <gasps> Tell quite us quite a bit. Or it could do absolutely nothing. That's what it will be doing. It goes to David Mott, who has <laughs> never had points here in the leaderboard. Ever. Oh, my. <laughs> well done, David. Well, that was really good, Dan. <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat for a second. Then. Wow. <laughs> so David gets three points. He's now on the leaderboard as well. So more names going into the leaderboard. So that just what that means is Luke McKay is in third position on 14 points. It means that Philip J. Hawkins is in second position on 15 points. And Nora Coker is in first position on 16 points. So there's only one point separating first and second, and only two points separating second, uh, f- separating third from first. So Nora had a massive lead, but I don't know what's happened. She hasn't had points for a long time. Has she given up? Is she even contributing anymore? Who knows? I can't tell you because I'm not looking at the names. We're doing this blind. 
doing this blind. So Norikoka, you've got to send through some more some more good names so that Guy Davis can choose you and you can hopefully hold on to that lead. But it's it's been clawed away by Phil Hawkins, Luke McKay, and DL and Jordan Seville. They're all climbing up that leaderboard and Garo's still up there as well. But yes, first position, Nora on 16, Philip J. Hawkins 15 in second, and Luke McKay 14 in third. All right, Mr. Davis, it is now time for some mailbag. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! All right, first question here. Reese Roberts, what is your favourite Spielberg movie? Mine is Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Jaws, E.T. and West Side Story. So he's got four favourites. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is his entire catalogue. I My favourite is E.T. It's my favourite movie of all time. But besides E.T., the one that I know I can always revisit and just enjoy... It's cliche, but I think it's Jaws. I think Jaws mm. and Jaws and I actually probably think I enjoy Jurassic Park more than Jaws. They're similar movies, but they're also different. Jaws is a lot slower than Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park has a lot more action. True, but I think the story of Jaws is just more scary. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm a big fan of Jaws. Uh, I would have to say that my favorite Spielberg of all time is Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. uh, and one that's really sneaking up the uh, the rankings. Every time I watch it, I'm like, this is really good. Is a Minority Report. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, 2001? Or 2002, something? maybe? 2002, yep. Yeah. Just a a really good man on the run movie, but it's also got a lot of a lot of meat on the bone. It's got some really interesting ideas. The effects are still holding up pretty well to this day. Cruz is good in it. Colin Farrell is fantastic in it. It's one that I enjoy a lot. I remember, I remember you recommended it a long time ago, and I watched it going... Shit, that was good. <laughs> it was one of those movies where I've just gone, ah, it's just another Tom Cruise fucking action movie. I always, I always thought it was going to be just like a Mission Impossible, but like a weaker version. But no, I watched. My, I remember watching it going, that was a really fucking good movie. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Minority Report and E.T. and Jurassic Park and Jaws. And, but, uh, and look, it, I'm guessing this question was inspired by Catch, Catch Me If You Can, which is sort of a, a regarded as a bit of an underrated... Uh, a bit of an underrated Spielberg one, but it's yeah, it's a really solid one. You know, some uh, great performances by young Leo DiCaprio. Tom Hanks is really good, and it's got one of Tom Hanks's funniest bits of all time, I reckon. The knock knock joke, if anyone knows, uh, if anyone's seen Catch Me If You Can, uh, and terrific work by my man Christopher Walken. Yeah, so um, yeah, Catch Catch Me If You Can is a really good movie. Next question is. Andrew JP, what was your favourite video rental chain? Was it Blockbuster, Civic Video, or maybe a smaller independent store? Well, I think the the one I went to the most was just Video Easy because that was like mm. the um, that was the main one in Australia for a long time, wasn't it? Video Easy. It was. But there yeah. was one that was Labu and Square in Norland, just around the corner from where I used to live. Uh, it was on what's the street called? Forster Street, I think it's on. And it's just like a local little strip of shops. Yeah. And it was called Champagne Video, and that's where I've still got the video of my Transformers the movie. <laughs> I rented it and liked it so much, and then the place closed down, so I just kept it. <laughs> but Champagne Video was my that was my my second home when I was growing up. What about yeah. yourself? Uh, look, I, I had a Video Easy nearby and was a member there. But when I was growing up, that I was more sort of a independent an independent mm-hmm. video store guy. Vivid Video was the my main place when I was a teenager. And there was Which also was another where? place nearby called Manifold Video in Shannon Manifold, Avenue. Yeah, yeah where, was, where was Vivid? Vivid was opposite Cadinia Park. Okay. Yeah, not a big place. Um, on Latrobe or? <clears throat> on Moorable Street. Moorable Street, all right. Yep. Yeah, so you know where Mexicali Mama is now? I think it was yeah, like yeah, yeah. next door to Mexicali okay. Mama. I don't know yep. what it is now. Near the Apco. 
I think so, yeah. yeah. A bit, bit further down towards... This is uh, so local. <laughs> Just near, near the APCO there. Near the APCO. Near the Savo. <laughs> Ob- opposite, yeah. Opposite KP on Moorable, near the APCO. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember when people Minerva, are, not even people who are not from Geelong, people from Melbourne are going, what the fuck are they talking about? But the, the one on Minerva Road you mentioned, Minerva Road Video, that closed down about three years ago. That was such no, a sad day. No, Manifold Video. Manifold Video, sorry. Yeah, on, yeah, um, in Shannon yeah, yeah. It's like it's, yeah. a, it's a bottle shop now. It it's, is, yeah. It's I a, think it's, it's called a, like a Craft Beer King or something like and, that. Yeah, Craft King or something. It makes me so sad every time yeah, I pass. But Manifold yeah. was great because... That was the last one. That was the last one in, yeah. in Geelong. And there was another. There was actually another little place, a couple of doors down, from uh, from Manifold Video called Planet Video, mm-hmm. and it was yep. on the on the corner, tiny place. But I was a member there as well. You know, the thing about uh, about video shops. <laughs> let me tell you about video shops, kids. <laughs> but um, not everything had everything. You know, and there'd be times when it's like this place has got a really good selection of older movies. Old, this one gets all this, the the they get the, the, the new releases straight away. Yeah. yeah, or you know, this one's got a great selection of horror ones or whatever. That so, one has all the Care Bears ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, like, oh, okay, I'll go check if this one's got what I want, but also yeah. you know, it might have some a few other good things. So yeah, I mean, I was member member of a few places. But, uh, yeah, Planet Video always liked. I mean, that was the one that I would have liked to have owned and operated. It's like it's not huge, but it's got a good selection, and you felt like you got a bit of individual service. But the best jingle from a video store. Let's go. Movie Land entertains you. you. Movie Land's got the movies you, you want to see. see. Movie Land. <laughs> what a fucking what a jingle. Uh, he was that, so, what, what, he was so happy singing that, folks. Was it like? They'll entertain you. Or something like that at the end. Oh, what a great ad that was. I'm going to go back and watch that. I'm going to play that at the end of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> slap, it up on the, slap it up on the Facebook page as well. This has been our review of Catch Em If You Can. I just noticed it's, it, we've got about two minutes left on the card here. I've got to go pick up the kids. I noticed it's <laughs> definitely dark outside because you look like the fucking Crypt Keeper, Crypt, uh, the Crypt Keeper from that game. What was that? Atmosphere? Or whatever that... Nightmare. Yeah, not Nightmare. Yeah, you look like that guy. But uh, next episode of Four Finger Discount, <laughs> we are reviewing Simple Thank, Simpson. Thanks, man. <laughs> Simple Simpson is the next episode where Homer becomes a superhero but no superpowers I think he becomes like Pie Man or something okay. another episode that I remember enjoying but uh, no, I'm just okay. <laughs> temp- temper expectations okay temper expectations <laughs> but Simple Simpson is the next episode of that so I'm hoping it's a step up from what we got today because this was a, a little disappointing this one but still hope you enjoyed our review it's been Catch Me If You Can next episode Simple Simpson don't forget to follow us on all the socials and check us a review on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify wherever you listen to the podcast we do appreciate all of your support follow us on Patreon if you want to get some extra exclusives but for now Mr. Davis Thank you.